I fucking love Party Marty. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him then he'll put you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter. It's banter behind the throne. Hello, good evening, and welcome to episode 59 of Banter Behind the Throne. Uh, my name's Log Raven. I am once again the captain of this ship, and I'm joined on my left by my distinguished boatswain, Mr. Dave Bamford. So, hello, Dave. Hello there. And somewhere up in the rigging is uh, our deckhand, Mr. Thomas Peel. Say hello, Peel. Hello. Uh, this episode is our post-Starlek episode. Um, so, basically, the whole content is going to be about that. So, if you're not interested, I suggest you switch off now. Um, but if you are interested, then settle down, grab a beer, um, and Dave and Peter are going to take us through the adventure of Starlek. But obviously that was about a week or so ago. So, uh, guys, what have you been up to in the week since Starlek? Peel? Very little. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. Um, not much, truthfully. <laughs> at all. Have you been uh, laid low by the Starlek illness, which seems to have gripped a few people? Strangely, I did not get the Starlick illness. Uh, however, for some reason recently, I have managed to get a, a regular uh, regular illness, um, which is not pleasant at, at, at all. Um, it feels like you're gently being pushed into the ground by a giant fist of oppression. Okay. Um, <laughs> Heavy, man. So, yeah, not just for sniffles, then. <laughs> no, no. Um, dra- yeah, just, just ill, just not myself and feeling grim and you know when you you know when you get the you get a little bit of illness and you're just like oh, i'm just gonna sit here and feel sorry for myself fuck you all that that kind of illness yes the fun kind i got ill on my birthday actually and then i spent a week feeling quite sorry for myself um but i did catch up with loads of stuff on netflix on my back catalogue and if anyone who hasn't seen it i thoroughly recommend watching the expense it's really really good i have um, actually been saying that i must admit currently i'm watching rick and morty Oh. Um, Rick and Morty, by the way, I do recommend you watch Craven. Um, I'll give it a go. It's very it is, good. It is so good. Um, beyond good. It is gooder than good. Better than good. Yeah. It's, I'm not too I, much. I, I agree with all those words Bill just said. Good than good. Okay. <laughs> but seriously, though, check out the expense. It, it, it's fucking brilliant. Um, so, yeah, um, Dave, how about you? What have you been up to post Stolic? Aside from the general post-Starlock knackedness, which made me do basically nothing, uh, and playing Arkham Horror, which is fucking awesome. Uh, Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, And also I played Mansions of Madness for the first time, which is also really good, just to get all the Cthulhu games in there. Um, I've I've been doing loads of cultured things this weekend. I've felt like a proper adult. Uh, Mm. I went to a one-man play about a cricketer from the 60s. Uh, whose okay. career was cut short when he got in a car crash and lost an eye, so he couldn't bat anymore. And um, like, Can't so just was, yeah, exactly. It was like a, a warning shot to people who don't plan for a post-sports career. So that was really good. Um, and then I went to see Billy Connolly, and then I went to an engagement party, and then I went to a metal gig. So over the weekend, I did uh, all sorts of entertainment, and it was lovely. Oh. 
That is the full spectrum of the Dave Bamford interest chart. <laughs> Isn't it? It is. It's good, really, yeah. Yeah. I didn't play any okay. Thrones. <laughs> oh, nearly. I haven't played Full House. Starlet. Well, I think that's understandable. You can give yourself a little bit of a, uh, you know, a rest period mm. after Starlet. Um, I went to a tournament on Saturday. It was very, very small because not a lot of people turned up. Um, but I ask you this, gentlemen. Have you nearly lost a game when your opponent's on free power? Free power. In one challenge with the Red Viper. Have you, has that ever happened to you? No. Almost. No, it bloody happened to me. <laughs> he went from like three to, I think, 13 in one challenge. I never saw it coming and I was super impressed with it. I mean, um, it's certainly not a, a popular build. I haven't seen anyone discussing this idea, but had this guy been holding You Murder Their Children, that was it for me. It was absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. Loaded the Viper up with positive attachments. Um, waited till about turn three or four. I can't remember exactly what it was. Flips Battle of Ox- Oxcross, goes all in with everybody. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there rapidly doing challenge math, thinking, fucking hell, how strong's a Viper here? Because, oh my God. Um, yeah, it was really, really impressive. And, you know, st- stood out to me as a quite a fun, cheeky deck building moment in Throne. So um, I'm going to try and replicate that and make it better because it sounds really fun. Hyperviper. I gave my opinion on she murdered her. Uh, you murdered her children last week, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That it, it's so it's too shit to include in a normal deck, and the one deck it does go in is so frustratingly NPE when it goes off that it, I just hate it. I strangely saw that more times than I'm happy about. Um, when I last played Thrones, I, I don't know why. Must be must have just been that time of the week. Everyone was just using it. I'm gonna have this. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks, just for me. Um, and I hate it. <laughs> I would have set fire to my cards had I lost the game that way, because I was, you know, in control up until that point. <laughs> but, um, but it was so audacious. It was such a cheeky move. And it panned out. And the guy said, look, I knew I wasn't going to win. Um, but I wanted to do it just to, you know, do it before the game was over. Yeah. But I thought, well, good on you, man. Like, that's good fun. There should be more of this going around. Um so, yeah, that, that's kind of what I've got to contribute to Thrones, but that pales in comparison to what you guys have got. So, let's talk about Starlick. Um, we don't need to introduce what Starlick is. Everyone knows what we're talking about here. So, um, Dave, how was the journey to Starlick? How did you fly? Did you get our big, fat German taxi driver man? And where did you stay? The, the, the journey to Germany was fun. Uh, everybody stayed at mine the night before. I say everybody, Peel and, uh, Peel and Crocodile Hammers, and we went live on Bantam High the Throne. You did? You may remember. Uh, I watched before. it. Oh, did you? It I watched fun. some of it. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine you sat through it all. I got pretty bored halfway through. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> I don't know how much documenta- documenting Crocs did the rest of the weekend, because I didn't see it, but apparently there's quite a lot of footage of him doing strange things uh, across the weekend, so we have that to look forward to, I'm sure. Um, yeah. The journey was very very smooth, very smooth it was. Uh, sadly, we got a uh, we got a bus to Starlek rather than the uh, the cabby we a got bus? last year. Yeah, it made sense to book a couple of buses uh, in advance, and uh, because we had to get a train back. Uh, sorry, the flight we got back on the Monday was about seven a.m. So 
like we couldn't just go to Germany and try and get a taxi. It made sense to book it, you know, a couple of weeks in advance. Yeah. Uh, and in the end, it made sense to get a bus because there were what, twelve of us or something, all coming on the same flights. So uh, yeah, that worked wow. out quite well. Just a little coach. Uh, that was fun. Uh, we didn't sadly stay in the same place as we stayed last time. You know oh. the uh, you know the cafe we always eat in on the Thursday. You had those weird um, Coca-Cola beers. Yes. Oh, what a yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we stayed in an apartment above that that uh, fit seven people. Okay. And it was really, really nice. Was that seven people all sleeping in sort of one room, or was there separate bedrooms? Or uh, three oh, bedrooms. bedrooms. Yeah, three double beds, one single bed, and two okay. very comfortable sofas. Marvelous. Uh, yeah, so that was reasonably priced. Uh, she was very nice. Uh, I, we actually bumped into the lady who ran the hotel we normally stay in. Did she give you a cuddle? Day. She didn't give me a cuddle. She kind of prodded me and was just like, why are you staying in my hotel? I was like, well, you, were, <laughs> you, were, you were sold out. And she was like, well, you should have emailed me to ask if I had the cancellation. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, man. That's um, sold out. <laughs> that's quite impressive. Yeah, I was like, but maybe next year. She was like, you better. <laughs> but Ian stayed there. there you know, so, uh, it was getting the big flat again. Yeah. The she big flat was love it from Bismarck. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that was that was our journey to Starlap. It was, it was quite wonderful. Okay, excellent. Um, Peter, what deck did you decide to take to Starlap, and why did you choose it? I well, as you are aware, there's uh, obviously you have the melee on the uh, Friday and the joust on the Saturday. And yeah, sorry, I of course, chose... yeah. I meant, I meant both both decks. Oh no, 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 it's fine. I was gonna, I was doing a whole bit. Um, that's gone now. Ruin that Sorry. one. Uh, no, 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 it's fine. Okay. I took Tyrell on one day and Kings of Winter on the second. Um, obviously hosted by the Greyjoys and it got dicked on. In, in the nicest possible way. It was fun to play when it worked, but it just didn't fucking work. Like, it was just, oh, I'm sitting down opposite this. Oh, no, I've lost. Um, but Tyrell was fun. Okay. Uh, so Tyrell, what banter bridge for Millie, yeah? If nothing else, it annoys some people because it's like, well, why are you giving everyone high cost characters? Why the fuck not? <laughs> like you look at them and it's like, but it doesn't make sense. But it does. But it it doesn't. You're giving people free stuff. Like you're not so, really gaining the advantage. So but we're it, talking about here the build bridge is banter bridge, or sorry, bitter bridge, mm-hmm. in triplicate, and then nothing less than a four cost character. Yes. Um, yep. And you played this in melee? I did, yes. It's it's slightly different uh, now. It runs a Lena's Informant because it's melee. It does, cause, and, and Lena's actually quite good. Um, yeah. But yeah, surprisingly, who would have known in melee it's not the most competitive deck? Um, no, I imagine it isn't. So how did you do uh, in melee? What was your overall record? Well, it's a standard kind of Starlek for me when I lose everything. At one point, I, got, I came second because... The, the nice gentleman opposite me effectively let me. Uh, he had a choice of who to take the last power from, but it was like, if he takes it from him, you know, you come second, and if it's the other way around, um, no, I'd go second, because we were just drawing before that point, and he very nicely let me go second. In fact, he stepped down to third to fuck someone over to come second, so I could come second. Which okay, was- so you got a charity second, and what, other, what else did you get? Nothing. I got dicked on all day. It was horrible. <laughs> okay. Right, that was it. Um, I, I, I once again played the winner of the melee on a table. 
And the winner of the melee once again beat me on that table. That was fun. Um, that was a fun game. Um, I just... I fucking hate melee. Um, I just... I went in with a deck that I knew wasn't going to be overly competitive for melee, but a deck that I really should have, in hindsight, taken into joust. Um, so why did you in, choose it? I don't know. Um... <laughs> I really don't. Like, seriously, what what deck do you want to play for Melee? Oh, Banner Bridge was fun. I'll play that. Oh, cool. That's nice. Um, I thought it'd be entertaining, and to be fair, it was a bit more entertaining than uh, than Stark. But then again, isn't all things more entertaining than Stark? I ask you that. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, to be honest, Draven, I didn't really want to play Lannister. I knew I wasn't going to be a competitive threat. I didn't really care too much about winning the Melee, so I took Banner Bridge because I thought, again, it would be entertaining. That was the reason. Um, there's there's right. nothing else. I know I'm not going to win Starlack. I was under no illusions. And after three games of Joust, I knew I wasn't going to win anything in that either. So kind of okay. just made sense to have a have a little bit of fun. Do any particular fun. moments um, stand out to you from the melee? Um, no, just getting casually shafted um, on a semi-regular basis, really. Don't knock it. That sounds all right. Um, so I imagine your tables by turn one were pretty much filled up with massive characters and everyone feeling pretty, pretty lucky that you were sitting there. I imagine. Strangely, I only saw Bandabridge properly set up in two games. Ah, oh. um, I did get the Arbor on a few occasions, and the Arbor is delightful, and we all love the Arbor. Um, but I just I couldn't. I don't get melee. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, you've got a power grab, but I don't want to. Because if you power grab, then they attack the shit out of you. And just, oh, I just don't know. Was this your first experience of melee in second edition? Second. I played one the night before. But over the weekend, though, it was your first, wasn't it? Uh, uh, Yeah, we'd only really played melee. We we played speed melee once. We haven't talked about that. So what's speed Speed melee, Dave? It's well, where you get... You play melee, but you have no longer than 10 seconds to like per action window. We got so the there's fantastic no, idea. There, there's no pissing about. It's You make the action. You do the action. And if you haven't made the combat math decision by the time it gets to your action window, tough luck. You're doing it or you're not. Um, yeah. And it took about, what, 25 minutes to play a game of melee? To three true, the best game of melee I've ever played. It was fantastic. <laughs> the only way melee should be played with chess clocks next to you I was a solid game. argument there for chess clocks. Yeah, that yeah. it just makes sense. It's just okay, right? You've got exactly this amount, and if your clock runs out, you're disqualified. You're not you disqualified. Know, you off. pass actions. You're <laughs> disqualified <laughs> immediately. Yeah, you can't defend. You can't do anything. Just game over. Whatever. You know, go sit in the corner. Effectively, your boys are getting killed. Okay, then. Sure. Um, Dave, then. Um, what deck did you take? And then why did you take it? I took Targ Banner to the Rose. Ooh. Um, and I took it because I didn't think about what deck to take, and I asked Johnny Wright from SoCal what he played at Worlds. Um, and he gave me this. And it's quite good. It's got lots of renown. It's got lots of power icons. Uh, it can run Lady Sansa's Rose, just about. Um, going into... We, we Obviously, we had a practice game in the flat the night before, and... Including that game, the deck had... We'd tested it ten times 
between us, including his performance at Worlds, in which he made the top 16. Uh, and we had won eight games and finished twice, uh, finished second twice, and that was it. Like, okay. nothing worse than second, and, you know, 80% of his games it had won. So we're feeling pretty confident with it. Um, it was pretty standard, really, like, just rush, but it's got a bit of, uh, you know, it's got Dracaris to mess the melee table up, it's got Clash of Kings, it's got Heads and Spikes. Um, it was really, really fun. And, uh, yeah, so Did I... Did you use our that. Heads on Spikes, or was that not allowed? It was, sadly, forbidden. Oh. Yeah, the, uh, it was Altar House Cards and Agendas, but not, um, not Draw Deck or Plot Deck. So I did That's get ridiculous. to use, um, I did get to use the banter of the rose from Blackwater. But oh, I didn't get one. to use, uh, yeah, Glenn's art. So I didn't, uh, nice. didn't get to use anything else, sadly. But that was fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. so it was, it was a really fun deck. Um, on the day I took a second to Gemiel, uh, in my first game. So another second for the deck. Always the bridesmaid. Um, that game was quite fun because it got to round two and someone dropped a Varus. Um, mm-hmm. I had the decision, do I take four points or and let Jemuel win, or do I stall him and let the Varus trigger? What do you do in that in that situation? Do you take know, the man. four points? No, you flip the table and fuck and off. Remember, if you're not coming first, <laughs> if you're not coming first, the maximum points is seven for a second. So you're getting slightly more than half like second points. Or do you let him Varus? I'd bank the four. I think. Well, it was very tempting. Uh, in the end, I flipped a coin and uh, decided to let the Varus trigger. Uh, and in the end, Gemuel won anyway, and I got four points. So <laughs> it made literally no difference. I Pretty just meant I had to sit there for an extra half an hour. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> I went from yeah. like uh, second with eight power to like second with ten power or something, which is exactly the same. Ah, oh, fair enough. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I uh, proceeded to go on to win three games, which was nice. Wow, three games. That's yeah. good. So uh, I went three three wins in one second. Uh, two of them were pretty standard, you know, melee games, lots of banter, uh, great fun. I didn't have a bad time at any melee, t- melee table this, uh, this, this year. It was just, it was great fun all day. Everyone was in a good mood. Second edition melee is a lot better than I thought it would be. Um, okay, what, what makes you say that in particular? Well, I didn't think the card pool would be mature enough. There's not very many deal-making cards. Like there's Dracaris and Marjorie, which are kind of um, kind of deal-making cards. There's Dragon's Tail, which is um, obviously like in the vein of first Ed Mellow cards. Uh, I don't like the fact that there's no support. That's my main issue. You know, you can't jump in to actually defend challenges. Oh, okay. Uh, but you do. You can't. You still you can't attack people. But the titles are really nice. They're really well balanced. Um, yeah, it's just really fun. Uh, something needs to be done about Lions of the Rock Cersei. She is okay. an issue in melee. Um, there's the Lannister decks can win turn one if they get the right setup, like just before you can do anything. Uh, with her so, small council chamber and uh, Lannisport, you're making two two entry challenges, uh, discarding cards with Master Whispers from everyone's hands, and it's surprisingly common. I heard about a surprising number of turn one Lannister wins before other people got a Master phase. It's just so, ridiculous. Lion Cersei gets a power for each card discarded from an opponent, yeah? Uh, yes. Maximum of three per round. Maximum of three so, per round. Hang on a minute. Discard a card of... So, when a card is discarded from an opponent's hand that you do not support, 
Um, oh, she God, no, power. that's fucking horrible. Yeah, she was initially That's melee. ridiculously strong. Yes. It Why was I not playing that, Dave? That would have been fantastic. I could have uh, played because, him as Joffrey. Because Dave had the Lannister cards. Um. God, <laughs> damn it! So explain to me how this can work on turn one if it's limited three per round. It's that plus small council chamber. Which does so what? So you get a power every time you win an injury challenge. So challenge. that's up to five, potentially. Yeah. Plus, um, oh, unopposed if necessary. Uh, Master of Whispers opposes two different titles. So there's up okay. to two there, because you can claim one for each. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, the uh, the real issue with it is when you use the new Jamie. Knight characters attacking alone gain renown. And you okay. knight her. Uh, which <laughs> also makes her eligible for Lady Sansa's Rose. <laughs> yeah, and that gets silly quick. Um, I mean, it, there are a lot of combo pieces there, but you'll be surprised how quickly you can get to, like, if not win, like, 10 power straight away, and other people just really can't do much about it. Because Cersei is such a passive power game, and you don't run much removal, and she can't be Dracarys because she's, like, 6 strength. Um, yeah, it's 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 a really strong deck, and so I'd like to see a melee restricted list before the next melee tournament. So we have a year, really. But uh, <laughs> I would like yeah. to see one. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, a couple of highlights from my Swiss games. Um, I was playing with uh, Thomas Budkowicz from uh, Poland, and I offered him, I said, if you let this power challenge unopposed, I'll let you have an unopposed challenge, power challenge back at me when it comes around to your challenges. And obviously that's a really good deal. Um, but then I won, so it was fine. But it's not a good deal. <laughs> well, I was on like six power or something. Um, if someone offered me that, yeah, I would be I would be immediately suspicious. <laughs> In fairness, you want to do something which you're going to lose immediately. Mm. I, I he, he wasn't going to lose off that challenge. It was because I could then I had stand tech and like power grab, grab in my hand and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So there was there was things you I had which made me win him. like out of nowhere. And in fairness, I wasn't even sure I was going to win. It wasn't until I was like, hold on a minute. If I make one more challenge, I have to get 15 power. Sweet. <laughs> so it kind of happened by accident, like by accident for me. I just wanted to get lots of power, and uh, I did. And I got enough okay. power. Um, the second Swiss game, which was really, really fun, was... Um, uh, I sat at the same table as Josh Chambers, which, as you can imagine, is, a, is an always a, an interesting experience in Melo. Um, always a pleasure. Yeah, and uh, he was playing the Viper Bomb deck, because obviously he was. So what's a Viper Bomb deck? Viper, he murdered her children, he murdered her children, he murdered her children. Win. Oh, okay, much what I was discussing a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, turn one, he flips fortified position. So, no one can claim any power. Right? Yep. Huh? So, no renown, no nothing. Second turn, he flips unexpected delay. <laughs> which means that between the table, they can bounce all the, all the threats, including all the renown characters. Um, as long as they don't have power, which they don't, or attachments. Um, this also allowed him to play attachments on people's characters as a deal make, like for deal making. So uh, <laughs> I promised not to intrigue him turn one, and he played a bodyguard on my uh, Randall, which was confusing. Which is fantastic. Yeah, and he can't like he can trigger the bodyguard if he wants to, or if he doesn't want to, that's fine. Um, but that means Randall's not going to bounce, which is great. Luckily, like the two guys we were playing uh, didn't know what was going on. Like they just thought Josh was insane. Um, when he started playing atta positive attachments on other people's characters. Um, but, Rowan had been discussing the same 
the same deck with Whammer and I a couple of weeks before. So mm. I knew what was happening. As soon as I saw his house garden agenda, and as soon as he flipped fortified position, I knew what he was playing. So I then only dropped expensive characters with attachments. Luckily, I had like the Silver Steed and the Beggar King or something. So going into Marshall, uh, going into Challenges turn two, I had two renowned characters and a third character, all with attachments that couldn't be bounced by unexpected delay. Yeah. Um, and of course, Josh hasn't got anyone, so he bounces someone's character. I bounce someone's character, and the other guy and the other two have to bounce each other's characters. So yeah. uh, the whole thing is looking very rosy for me. Um, and then yeah, it ended very rosily for me as well, <laughs> as you can imagine. When base they have basically nothing, and I have uh, lots and lots of sexy things. So was Josh's game there really just caused the maximum amount of disruption and see what happened? It's uh, it's delay until you have the combo in your hand, making deals with people so they don't intrude the pieces out of your hand. Um, and it got to the point where if he had got to the next challenge phase, he would have won. He had all the pieces in his hand. The turn I won. So if he had got back round to challenges, made himself first, like back round to plot, made himself first. Dropped his Viper, dropped Marjorie. Um, he's got little little fingers meddling. Play all the events for free. Jobs are good in 15 power or challenge. Uh, but I won before that. So normally it, the intention is to stall out until until uh, you can drop it. In this instance, he couldn't stall quick, stall long enough. I see. So I mean, like with the whole Viper bomb concept, obviously it's passed me by because, like I said earlier on, when I saw it the weekend, it was a the first time I'd really considered it and. Uh, I was totally like enamoured by it, and hearing Josh do the same thing, but in Belie, makes me super happy. It sounds great fun. No, you can fuck right off and die in a hole. <laughs> nah, bollocks. I'm on the I'm on the side of Josh and the. I'm fine with it. In, fine with it in melee. If I come up against that in a joust, then I win just because you top deck exactly the right combo. That's going to frustrate me. Um, but yeah. I, oh yeah. It also helped because um, because I knew unexpected delay was coming, and I deliberately only played like. One or two chuds for claim soak plus big characters with attachments. Um, I flipped wildfire turn two. Yep. So obviously all the boards got paired right down so that it was only big characters to bounce. And people hadn't played uh, uh, the cards. To, yeah. So basically it was only good things to bounce by the time the uh, Master of the Challenges phase came out. Plus a couple of claim soak. Because people aren't going to play their good characters that, on the unexpected delay turn. No. Um, so yeah, they just left with a couple of chuds, and I was yeah having a great time. Uh, so that that was really fun. Uh, I made the cut. Uh, I was in the top eight for the purposes of Swiss seeding, but I'm not sure where I was exactly. I had 49 points. The top was 52. Um, I'm not. I think a wedge wedge came second, 52, and uh, Mateus from uh, Poland topped it with 52 as well. Uh, yeah, nobody won all their games. In this, this is the first Starlek where, um, where you could win three games and get a solid second and still miss the cut. So I think, uh, yeah, the last, sorry, not a solid second, but win three games and still miss the cut. You needed 46 points to make the cut, which is three wins and one very bad, like, finish. So one point off your last game. Um, and, uh, at least Evan and possibly a couple more people. Missed the cut on strength of schedule with 46 points, which is pretty crazy. Um, wow. I know last year and the year before, you were looking at more like 38, 39 points to make the cut. Hmm. So, which is two wins and two solid seconds. 
so yeah, it was really, really, uh, really tough field this year. Part of this is this your of first? So was this your first Malay Cup? Uh, I made the cut at Worlds as well last year. I mean, sorry, specifically at Starlock. Though. Yes, at Starlock. Yeah. Okay. Second so, um, from Brickstock, though. Oh, well, well done. Yeah. Um. So the joust cut at Starlock is quite renowned for going on well into the night. Um, what was the deal with Millie? Did you, did you up all night? Millie was nowhere near as bad. Um, I think the, the semi-final was done by like 11 or half 11 or something. Obviously, there's only two rounds, even though they're longer. Um, it doesn't go on quite as long. And they were timed. So I was done, yeah, probably just before or just after midnight, which was fine with me. Um, I got battered at my top 16 table. It was oh, okay. definitely a resounding... Uh, so in the end Johnny's deck has gone 12-4 overall with three seconds and one loss and one fourth making up that so it's still a really good uh, really good turnout and I'll uh, I'll ask him if he wants to publish it because uh, it, it is a really solid deck um, cool it sounds fun so yeah. um, after the melee was all wrapped up oh, then, or, or, or well, we've got to go on to the final Oh, the final, the, the sorry. Discussion yeah. on the final, yeah. So in the final was uh, Mateus, who beat me at our table playing Stark. Um, not much really to say in that. Everyone else is in it, but I wasn't. Um, it was Wedge, our very own Wedge, uh, our very own Costas, because mm-hmm. um, Team England, or Team UK, did incredibly well in the melee. We, we did. I think we had like six or seven people and were really pushing for it. Obviously, Evan missed out on a strength of schedule. Um, and if you count Bambi, which obviously we do, it was even better. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Evan and, uh, sorry, Costas and Wedge were in the final, and uh, Luis Bretas from Brazil made the made the journey over. Uh, yeah, I wasn't really watching it. I was drinking rum with uh, a German fan of ours called David, so that was fun. Uh, but from what I hear, uh, Wedge narrowly lost because Costas struck out him twice in one challenge. <laughs> so fuck you, Costas. I mean, I love you really, but... Uh, Fuck you. Um, and uh, it came down to the uh, the decks, the cards in deck tiebreaker. Because the, the final was timed. Which okay. I do not agree with. If you're going to not time any game, the melee final should be it. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't know what the time was. I don't know whether they extended it a bit, but it definitely ended too soon. If it had got to the plot phase, I mean, Wedge was on 13 power, and he was packing heads on spikes, so... <laughs> Could have gone anyway. It happened. Yeah, that's what I mean. I won my fourth game on a on a heads on spikes in the plot phase. Uh, yeah, so it came down to a, a three way tie between Costas, Wedge, and Lewis. Cards in deck, and Lewis won. Um, so congratulations to him. We played a fantastic, yeah. uh, fantastic game. And going into the final, I thought, you know what? I can't be happy with any of these winning. They're all lovely. They're all really good players. Um, so good for them. But you know, I, I did want. I did want Wedge or Costas to win. <laughs> yeah. right. Edge on Spike is exactly how I came second in my one melee game. It was who just, he decided which plots went first and ah, he put right. my plot first. And I knew the person sat opposite me had a tie win in hand. I don't know how I do, but he was very protective over this one card from injury challenges for the whole game. <laughs> and he never had quite enough gold to get him out. So I was like, nah, I know what you're packing, boy. He's in there somewhere. <laughs> Here he is! Uh, so yeah, managed to fish a Tywin out, putting me to 12 power, giving me... No, 10 power. No, 12, giving me 6 total power from a game where I'd sat there for an hour and a half. Lovely. 
so yeah, after the Melee final, uh, there was a retro disco in the Ritter's Um what, what does that intense. mean? It was I... there was a disco in in the castle. Starlack. Yeah. Peel wouldn't know, of course, because nobody came up to support me because they're all dicks. I was having a nap. Yeah. What happened? Peel, explain yourself. I fell asleep. What did like the other five people in the flat do? They all fell asleep as well. I was just the only one who came out and admitted I fell asleep. It was so Dave, bloody that, rude. Dave, I, I apologise on behalf of everyone else. Mm. I'd have been there for you. It was disappointing. And I know that's hypocritical because we didn't watch Whammer two years ago. Yeah, but we Whammer were, we wins loads of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's not the point. We don't, we don't live in the same village as Whammer. And that was two years ago. Peel, I trusted you. And you let what? me down. So, Stay awake to after be my a day friend. of drinking beer. To be my friend, to support me. I was way too drunk. Well, well that's just the, Well, that's what it? I was going to ask. I was going to say, what was you doing after the Swiss Peel? Because I know that's usually the time in Starlock when the fun stuff happens, but you went to sleep. What do you mean after the Swiss? I, well, what was the Swiss? Oh, right, yeah. What? Well, normally, after the Swiss rounds and stuff, you know you're not going to make the cup. People start drinking. Oh, yeah. All, you the start actual fun happens. Yeah, I started drinking the second I lost my first game. Like, nah. Like, I started drinking before my first game. Oh, and I still made the castle. <laughs> you had to make the castle, though. You didn't really have a choice. Mm. I went back to the flat and made the foolish mistake of, oh, I'm just going to lay down for a minute. Just going to lay my head down here. Well. Oh, look, don't, don't be ashamed, mate. Starlick is, if nothing more, it is a endurance exercise. It really is quite tough on the old uh, on the old senses. That one. Okay, so yeah, so bedtime eight pm is definitely uh, definitely very reasonable. So the joust then, the big one, the thriller in Manila, the rumble in the jungle. Dave, what did you take to the joust and why? I took Targ Lords of the Crossing because okay. Wedge built me it for the team event and I really liked it. And what I did you like about it? Um, it's got shit tons of draw. That was one of the first things that drew drew me to it. Okay. It, it runs um, well. Once I had fiddled with it, it ran Daenerys, Daria, uh, Funeral Pyre, Counting Coppers, um, Shadowbolt Lane, uh, rebuilding so you could shuffle your characters and crown of gold back in and then section with Shadowbolt Lane. That's always fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it shit tons of draw. It's got Challenge control with burn. It's got a little bit of direct kill. Um, it's got uh, it's it's got the icon spread to really take advantage of crossing. It's got the extra challenges with Drogo. It's got stand with Daenerys and stuff. Oh, it's just it's just got everything. It just has it just does things and it does things well. It does every it didn't have issues. It just, it just does what it's supposed to do. And I imagine through being crossing, it can close quite quickly. Yes, it can. Yeah, there's a reasonable amount of power grab in there. And, um, yeah, with a fair amount of renown. And, of course, the crossing challenge really uh, really helps there. So, yeah, I, I just I loved playing it in the team event. Obviously, we did really well. I went 5-1 five, five, in the team event. Um, mm-hmm. I took it to a couple of events before and afterwards and did all right in most cases. Uh, it has a really tough matchup with um, Night's Watch because the Shadow Tower absolutely wrecks crossing decks yeah and uh and imagine craven doesn't help does it either craven doesn't help 
doesn't run confiscation, it just runs through Rattle Shirts Raiders. And getting Rattle Shirts through against Night's Watch with the Shadow Tower is quite difficult. It's just not going to happen. Really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they see a couple of attachments, it's all right. If they start to see, you know, like four between Craven and Milk, that's when it really starts to fall apart. Yeah. Um, so they're tough. And Howder stops you being able to burn them in a lot of instances. So that's quite difficult. Uh, and the other main bad matchup is well, Stark isn't great if they see Winterfell and Cat. Otherwise, it's not too bad. But the uh, same could be said for anything, really, couldn't it? True, but this really, really enjoys its in-challenge triggers, i.e. Dracarys. Yeah. Shutting down Dracarys is a real issue. And it's also got things like Daenerys' stand and Miri that um, really don't like uh, Cat and Winterfell. How many copies of Miri does it run? A single. Mm, the cheapest one of Miri. Yeah, that makes sense. It was, um, it was three. I took it down to one for two copies of Daenerys, because um, her minus one strength ability counteracts crossing to an extent. Uh, you get, she's draw, you get multiple challenges out of her if you've got Rhaegal, um, and yeah. if needs be, she's stealth and renown if you've got the right dragon. So she's just better in the deck. Um, yeah. But every now and again you get Miri and she wins you games just outright. Uh, not consistently enough that I wanted three of her because she did set my hand quite a lot of the time, but enough that it, when I drew that one copy, it was very useful. Because it's really easy to trigger on the third challenge. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other bad matchup for the deck is other Targ decks. Simply because you can't throw your good characters into the first challenge. When they suddenly drop down minus one strength. Um, yeah. So that was quite uh, luck dependent. So yeah. Uh, I went 5-2 in the end. I've got my... I, it's conveniently, this is the only time I've ever got like a complete list of what I played against because i was texting you mm. yeah so you've so, got many uses so first game was against stark fealty uh, he set up a trips blackfish Oof. yeah uh but he had to keep it out of challenges because the blackfish is full strength no. so yeah uh he died as soon as he went into his first challenge and um he didn't really see any like nasty things for me to deal with he didn't see woodfell didn't see cat uh so that's fine uh then we, then I played Florian Mas, who went on to win it. Florian has been one of the like stalwart competitors on the Starlex scene and the like the international like, Octagon scene for quite a while, but he's not won anything major. He popular popularised that uh, Grand Theft location deck from first edition. Yep. The Stark deck that ran all the location steel events, um, in counter to the Knights of the Hollow Hill decks that were running rampant. Had a lot of success with that. He kinged the Swiss Starlight a couple of years ago, I believe. Um, last year was laid low by a bug. So he couldn't really compete. It, he was playing Stark Fealty as well. He was my first loss. It was very sad. He did see Cat and Winterfell. In fact, he saw them both on setup, which made me a little sad. And he, he was looking at his hand. He was thinking, you know, if you run marched, this is going to go really, really badly. Uh, and if I had run marched, it would have gone badly. I'd have had to march my own Illyrio, but it would have been worth it. That's a worthy trade. Illyrio for Cat in that matchup is definitely a worthy trade. I'd have still had the Dragon. I'd set up Illyrio and Dragon. Um, so that would have been worthy. Sadly, I wasn't running March. So, uh, yeah, I just had to deal with them for the entire game. I did pretty well, but he saw uh, one or two copies of Ice, a couple of copies of uh, Winter is Coming. Didn't make any misplays. He almost misplayed by triggering Winterfell on the wrong challenge, which would allow me to remove a ward, which would have been quite a swing. Yeah. Um, 
but sadly, he at the last moment, he didn't use Winterfell on the challenge. Uh, and so he could use it on my military challenge. Uh, yeah, and then sadly at the end, I over two turns, I top-decked, I think, like, a dupe for Ago or something useless like that, and then three economy cards. Mm. Um, and then I looked what my next two cards would have been, and they would have been Daenerys and, uh, and Miru. Um, and I would have had the gold to play them if I'd drawn them two cards earlier. So I counted, uh. like, 19 gold or something ridiculous in that turn. I was just like, yeah, if I'd drawn them, I might have been able to pull it out. But in the end, um, he beat me just as we were going to time. That's so, the way uh, it goes sometimes, yeah. man. Fair play to him. Flawless play, and clearly he did all right because he went undefeated all day um, and won the final as well. So That's congratulations to Florian. It's incredible. Yeah, so that was good. Uh, what did I play against next? Uh, I beat a Greyjoy Crossing by crowning Aeron and then Dracarising Asher on turn one. So that was fun. Um, well, it was fun for one of you. Yes. Uh, well, he picked the um, picked the Dracaris out of my hand for intrude claim turn one, and then he got cocky with his Asher because one had gone. Oh, I'd already drawn oh, the he crown. Thought he was safe. He yeah. thought he was safe. No, I have the second Dracaris in addition to my crown of gold turn one. Uh, so Asher went to the dead pile. Aaron was already there. Turn two rebuilding to shuffle all three back into the deck. Um, yeah, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> oh, good God. Yeah. You horrible man. Yep. Uh, then I lost again, sadly. I lost in the mirror match to Targ Crossing. Uh, as I said, it was a bad matchup. I thought I had the uh, the upper hand for most of the game, and he almost conceded in the last turn. But then he top-decked a Drogo and managed to put a Drogo into play with uh, Dothraki C, which Ooh. made me sad. And I had been planning my challenges, thinking that oh, it doesn't matter, whichever Blood Rider he puts into play, it's not an issue. I can still hold him off. It's Dothraki, not Blood Rider, that goes into play with Dothraki C. Uh, and Drogo yes. is a Dothraki. And that He's renown the and the extra point of strength caused me mm. some serious issues. Any of the others, not a problem. Because Drogo was already, already on the table, so like I could like, calculate his strength. But Ago or Ricaro, not a problem. Drogo, with his five strength, big problem. So he won yeah. in his challenges while I was still on 13. So that made me sad. Um, what did I go on? I went on to play a Greyjoy Dragon. Uh... Which was quite an interesting game. Um, he made a massive play mistake turn one because uh, he knelt out his board to defend my crossing challenge uh, and then didn't take into account my crossing strength. So he thought he was going to win the military challenge uh, and he didn't. And he knelt out all his military icons. Um, and I wouldn't let him take it back because, you know, deal with it. Starlet. Well, it's Starlet, sorry, so mate. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, no, I'll do this. I was like, uh, no, not happening. Sorry. You will not. Yeah, so he had to kill something pretty solid, and then in comes the second military challenge with Drogo to kill something else pretty solid. Um, in that game, there was a pretty weird mix-up, because uh, at one point I picked a Jorah Mormont for claim from his hand. And I thought, that's pretty weird. I wouldn't have thought like people were running two copies of Jorah Mormont anymore. Like There's enough cards that you don't really need to do that. Um, yeah. It's a and, nice one off to round a curve off. Yeah, but what, he had accidentally drawn from his dead pile instead of his draw deck at one point. What? Oh. So I was like, so what else is in your hand? And he was like, there's also this Wendermere. I was like, yeah, well, he's dead because I killed him as well. So out he comes. So then he was like, right, I've got one card left now. I was like, right, well, I'll have that, I'll have that for injury claim. And that was a Risen. So uh, <laughs> I was pretty happy to see that go before I launched my two <laughs> military challenges at him. 
So, um, how big was his dead pile <laughs> that he could have used it with his deck? How many oh. people did you kill oh, in the plot phase? At that point, it was only like four. Like when he drew, <laughs> so I don't really know what happened. And obviously, after that, he was like completely tilted. So, like, after those two yeah. mistakes, one of which was quite a big one. Um, so it's pretty pretty simple to clean up from there. Uh, last game of the Swiss, I played um, a Barrow Summer deck, and it was a guy who I'd been on the top sixteen melee table with the day before. So that was quite <laughs> a fun game. Um, he dropped Stannis turn one, looked pretty uh, pretty smug about it, uh, but then had to play around my put to the sword, which I was pretty obviously hinting at with my board. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, the game before, I won it with the Intimidate trigger off Ricaro. Nice. Yeah, I made my third challenge with Ricaro, got to intimidate his last military icon, and got an unopposed challenge with a military icon afterwards. So that was really fun. Um, other than that, less good than the other two Blood Riders. But that one game, he was amazing. But yeah, this Barra Summer deck, um, yeah, he played Stannis, um, played around my Put to the Sword, uh, but turn two, he could no longer put, play around Put to the Sword. Um, put Stannis, everyone pops back up. I mean, he said to me going in, he's just like, Targ's a really bad matchup for me if they see Aggo straight away, because obviously there's summer plots for days. Uh, and I saw Aggo and Jogo in my setup hand. And so I set up Aggo and whatever. Um, and I drew back up to the put to the sword, still had Jogo, and I had blood of my blood to go fetch Ricaro. Fuck so I was just like, I've got all the blood riders, and I've got a put to the sword, and then I drew Drogo. So I'm just like, right, okay, this is fine. <laughs> it wasn't how, even really a drop copies, How many copies of blood of my blood did you run in that crossing deck? One. Okay. One yeah, blood of my blood, you. one Ricaro. It's expensive, isn't it? Yeah. One Ricaro, one of the <clears throat> shitty blood rider chud. And then mm-hmm. two Jogos, two Agos, and three right. Drogos. Um, mm. Yeah, I've got Tawny Ground, so it does take away some of the sting. And I'm running uh, three copies of Beggar King. So there's oh, quite right. a lot of economy. And, like, nine limited locations. So there's a lot of economy. Mm. Um, yeah, so after that, uh, it was just cleaning up, really. He didn't see Mel. He saw Bob right at the end. Uh, I drew Karastay, Gendry. Uh, by the time he saw Bob, I had a Nightmares for the key challenge. Um and that was it, really. Okay. So there. So I made. I went five two, and I missed the cut to the schedule, which is oh, sad. Uh, I came forty first. Uh, there were out a of lot, how many? Uh, two hundred and eighty something. Very nice, mate. Yeah, so not too bad. Um, there were a lot of five twos. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> really, there should have been another round of Swiss. Which is weird, because the year before they had done another round of Swiss. They had done eight rounds, <clears throat> cut to top 32. And this year they yeah. did seven. Uh, so yeah, another round. And I you know, I was in my groove pretty, pretty well by that point. If I had come up against basically anything that was a, a neutral or good matchup, I was pretty confident I should be able to pull it out um, and make the cut on 6-2. But that many rounds they did. And yeah, I lost on the schedule. So that was sad. But overall... Okay. It was a it was a pleasant experience. It was fun to be back at Starlet. Um, most of my opponents, I think, yeah, all my opponents were fun to play against. All nice guys. Um, only one or two issues with that one game with the uh, with the dead pile, but there you go. That happens at a big tournament. Well, that was uh, a yeah. cock up rather than malice, wasn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, there was there was nothing um, nothing untoward or anything. It was just uh, yeah, just really good day as you would expect from the Starlet Gas. Absolutely. Okay, then, sure. Um, so, Peel, um, same question to you, mate. What did you take and why? 
I took a Greyjoy Winter deck. Because I'm trying to... If I'm honest, I'm still trying to, like, find a deck that I enjoy playing as much as I did in first edition. Yeah, I know um, you're feeling, mate. I know the pain. One that's legitimately fun to play and not just... Uh, you know, just, what do I do here? Oh, this, this, and this. Oh, fantastic. There we go. Um, oh, I've lost all one. And, I mean, to be fair, Greyjoy Winner was a fun deck to play. Um, my first game, I got dicked. My second game, I got dicked. My third game, I got dicked. My fourth game, I got dicked. My third, fifth game, I think I won. I think I won my last three games, but I didn't report one of them, so I'm pretty sure they counts as a loss. I reported um, it for you because they were waiting on you. So I, like, where is table number X, Tom Peel? Oh, fuck. We, went, oh, no, that left. guy. I was like, he's gone. I've got to call him to find out what his result is. So you're a dick oh, because people need Peel. that for strength of schedule. Do they? Yes, because you, oh, you could have played I someone won. that was doing really well. Yeah, I know you won now, Peel. Yeah. <laughs> I called you to find out. They were, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, it's not I'd... solely your your fault. Remco also shares some of the blame. But the two of you should know better. You did. Remco, he organised the bloody thing. Yeah. And you both left without reporting a result. Oh. Shocking. Mm. Okay. Oh, well. um, what, what were some of your standouts moment then, Peel? Um, I don't know. I played James in the second game. That was interesting, seeing as he'd been playing my deck the week before. James, James. Uh, Who's James? Oh, Hammers. Crocodile, please. We're on, we're on air. <laughs> yeah, I played him literally. And, oh, you've played this deck, haven't you? Yeah, it's quite good. Cool, this should be fun. Uh, wasn't the best matchup to begin with. Got about six or seven power before he won. That was about it. I think it's less um, that James knows the deck and more the fact that he has summer plots. There was a lot of summer plots, but either way, it's just... Yeah. <coughs> it's just... Not, I mean, the the next day, that was fun. I enjoyed losing on that day. Um, I just didn't do well, to be honest, Craven. I didn't have a great day. I lost quite a lot of games. After you know you can't make the cut after the second game, it's kind of a little bit like, well, now I'm just playing for strength. I, I don't know what, you know, you kind of sit there and you go, well, I, I know I can't get in there. Yeah. I'm going to start drinking. So I did. That was basically it. I don't really remember much of him, to be really honest. I know I lost a lot um, of games, and I don't know. I can't see myself rushing back to do it again anytime soon. So after the joust is all wrapped up uh, for the day, at least the evening rolls round. Peel, did you go back to bed or did you go to the castle this time? I went to the castle this time. And how was that? Very delightful. We played a lovely game where you have to do things with your hands and arms. Uh, we also took place in a, not first edition, but one before first edition. First, first edition, CCG. as it's come to be known. Um, <laughs> oh, a CCG, what, draft? Yes, uh, and I had an Eddard Stark there, which was quite frankly the best card I've ever seen in my life. What was so uh, good for him? If, for example, well, if, if, <laughs> if there's less than five plots revealed, Eddard Stark does not kneel to attack or defend, um, and has renown and every other thing. If there are over five plots or five or more plots in your use pile, uh, Eddard Stark is discarded from play. Removed from the game. Okay. And it's if if there are three or more in your use pile, he gains plus two strength. Does not kneel to attack or defend, and he already has renown. And then and if there's five or more. If there's five or more in your use pile, he's removed from the game. But then you just wait one more turn and you play him again. 
Yeah. But yeah, we own him. I've been meaning to put him into the draft queue, but I keep forgetting. He's so good. Yeah. Well, he sounds like a lot of fun. To be honest, the CCG draft was just a case of let's all go and have a look at all these fantastic cards and see what they used to do. Oh, look at this! It's so overpowered! Ah! <laughs> that was nothing but enjoyable. Um, unfortunately, though, it just went on too late. Um, and by the time it got to when it was about 2.30 in the morning, we hadn't finished doing the rounds. It was just, ah, oh, I can't concentrate on all these heavy cards anymore, so we had to kind of Luckily, there was about an even number of people wanting to just drop out, so um, we just called it uh, on that one and left the last game. Um, and then the next day... We'll wrap up. Huh? What time did it sort of wrap up for you in the evening? Did you stay to watch the final? About 4am. I don't think the final had finished at that point. Um, Crocs and I left there? about half three, I think. And uh, there was the semi-finals were still going on. Okay, I so think what did you get up to in the evening, Dave? Uh, well, Crocs was playing CCG draft with um with Peel. I uh I mostly just hung around, drank a bit. I played a game or two with uh Tony and Helen and a couple of other people. Um, but mostly just yeah, chilled, drank, uh, watched bits of the draft, watched bits of the joust. Um, I don't like to play. I don't like playing casual games in tournaments, like Thrones wise. I don't really like playing board games in tournaments that much. I prefer to just chillax. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just I just mulled around and abused people, and uh, watched De- Secondary Dave get abused by the polls. They're just like, oh, I'm not <laughs> drinking. It's like, no, 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 you drink with us. Yeah, um, you are. Which reminds me, they had some gingerbread vodka, and it was spectacular. Like, it's one of the best things I've ever drunk. I don't like straight spirits in most cases. <clears throat> Um, mm. But this gingerbread vodka was really something special. So uh, if you're ever in Poland, check it out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yeah, that's what I did. Um, kept going to the bar and forgetting how, forgetting what the beer was called. So ordering, you know, the poppy beer, the poppy one, <laughs> the poppy top. Yeah. But they knew what you meant. It was fine. Yeah. But it, it was a good night. I enjoyed it. It's always fun to okay. uh, just chat to people and not do anything. In the episode before this one, um, we were talking about Starlick and expectations, and I said, uh, perhaps a little bit cynically, that if you were going to win Starlick, you'd have to take Lannister cards in your deck. Um, as it turns out, that was wrong. Uh, Stark Fealty won the whole thing. But as much as I was wrong, in the you know most of the year up until now, we've been talking about how Lannister is a bit too powerful. Uh, they kind of ruined UK nationals by being in the mid-tier, at least a bit too much. And I know none of us were impressed with what won Worlds because it was just the same old Lannister deck with a slight change. Um, so how did you guys find the presence of Lannister across Starlick uh, in both terms of melee, joust? Um, was it worse than you expected, better? Did the Lions box make any real difference? Um, what do you reckon? Uh, Dave? Okay, so in... Melee, at least, there was a shit ton of Lannister. If people weren't running main house for the new Cersei, they were running banners for Joffrey. Um, there was also a lot of Stark for Cat, and uh, a lot of banner rows for um, the renowned knights Marjorie uh, and uh, Lady Sansa's rows. Mm. Uh, perhaps not a massive shock, uh, but yeah, there was a lot of Lannister. In Joust, I didn't see all that much. I mean, I, I didn't play any which was good for me. 
Um, but I didn't see I didn't see that much around me either uh, in the upper you know half of the tournament. I didn't see a huge amount of Lannister around me. There, there's a, there's a fair amount in there, but uh, it was, there was a decent mix. I mean, if you look at participants, you would expect. I mean, directly looking at it. You would expect, with the release of the Lions box, there to be more Lannister and equally sized yeah. tournament to Worlds. But then we also said Europe has more faction loyalists. Um, Europe has a tendency not to just play the best deck or the perceived best deck that America tends to have. Yeah. Um, so overall, there were 25% of the decks in the field were Lannister, which is a lot. But it is not as much as Worlds, which was, what, 30-something? I've been going through the FFG Twitter, trying to find exactly what it was, and I think I'm just about to get there. Uh, I I tried to check the annals of Castle Black, but uh, Mr. Hines has done a terrible, terrible job with that, and he hasn't filled in all the data. So uh, there is currently uh, only only 19% Lannister, uh, with a massive 53% playing House Unknown, which isn't really what I was looking for. That's no good to us. No, so come on, come on. You've got to be here somewhere. Here we go. Factions, 38% at Worlds. So, uh, yeah, not only is that a bigger percentage, but it's also a much smaller field, so it feels like more when you're there as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're much more likely to be sat next to uh, some dirty Lannister player. Uh, cut-wise, Worlds was 44% of the cut was Lannister, mm-hmm. uh, with an additional one player playing Banner Lion out of 16. Uh, and Starlek was 34% Lannister in the cut, with one player out of 32 playing uh, Banner Lion. Okay. So, uh, yeah, again, smaller. In both instances, more Lannister, you know, proportionally making the cut more than it should, if that makes sense. You'd expect all things being equal, 25% of the Lannister in the field, 25% in the cut. Uh, so in both instances, they overperformed. Uh, uh, but I didn't think it was an issue at Starlek. It was still a lot of Lannister, don't get me wrong. But uh, there was also a lot of Targaryen, 19% Targaryen, uh, and 15% Barra, um, with Tyrell and Night's Watch. At the bottom, as you'd expect. What do you think accounts for those sort of figures? I mean, Lannister, you don't have to worry about assessing that. Why do you think Tarp was so prevalent? And, and Barra coming in, I assume Barra was the third most prevalent deck there? Uh, yes, it was, yeah. So what do you think accounts for that? Um, well, I, will, Barra, I think Barra has a good matchup with Lannister, right? Like, you, uh, if you get the kneel, you just kneel out the big threats keep them knelt with Stannis if you've got Stannis. Um, most of the jumpers, except for the Hound, aren't a massive issue. Uh, and you can kind of... like Lannister's quite slow, so if you're running the Painted Table module, you can you can outrace the Lannister decks. As long yeah, as you can, can get, protect, lock, get them a lock in, can't you, before yeah. they start doing their thing. Yeah, if you can protect your key characters, which is difficult with all the myriad combos that Lannister can pull off um, to kill your stuff, like it's it's not really too bad. So I assume that's why. Um, Targ as well, like it is quick, it's aggressive, 
if you can get right out the blocks, you can overpower any Lannister depth before they can get set up, really. That would be uh, my thought. Like, Targ, Targ, Targ fell off the map a bit. I mean, six months ago. And I'm mostly due to the first snow of winter coming out. Now, I think, now that that's gone in the, from the majority of decks, you see it in a few Martell decks, you see it in a lot of Lannister decks, but on the whole, you don't see a lot of first snow anymore. Uh, I think, yeah, that's what's brought Targ back up. And they, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't have been sad to see Lannister. It's got the Hound, sorry, the Hound, the Mountain, and Tywin are difficult to burn. But Tyrion is very, very, like, fleshy. Um, oh, yeah, he's, he's very flammable. flammable. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of the other characters, you know, if you've got Daenerys on the table, a lot of their key characters are within Dracarys range. Uh, and all it takes is a Nightmares on um, on something, or two Dracarises, to uh, really just ruin someone's day. I mean, yeah, maybe that's too too much of a a thing to ask for, but I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's a terrible matchup. So, yeah. Okay, sure. Um, is there anything you wish you'd done differently in terms of your deck choices? Um, I don't really think so, no. I quite enjoyed my deck. Uh, I don't think... I mean, there was a lot of economy in there, and that proved to be my downfall in the game against Florian, but he was still very in control of the game at that point, so there was no indication <coughs> that I brought it back. Um... And, uh, yeah, and in the mirror match, you know, things happen. Yeah. So, no, I was, I was okay. happy with my deck. On the whole, it performed pretty well. I was pretty happy with it. Uh, Peel, what about you? Is there anything you wish you'd done differently? Um, maybe done it the other way around, potentially. Um, so well, played, played, uh, played Greyjoy in, in melee and bit of Yeah, melee. basically, something like that. It might have been a bit different, but I don't know. Yeah, so, not um, really much I can do. So Crocodile Hammers was considering playing the same winter deck, uh, and probably two days before he changed his mind and played my Tyrell Crossing deck. Sorry, Tyrell, um, Targaryen Crossing deck, uh, simply because he thought there would be too many winter plots in the field. Sorry, summer plots in the field to get mm. any mileage out of the winter stuff. Like you're yeah. not getting as much choke, you're not getting fish whiskers. That kind of thing. Um, so we thought, I just won't risk it. I'll play the the much safer Targaryen crossing. Uh, I can't remember how he did in the end, two five or three four or something. Um, but I think he was he was happy with uh, with his choice certainly. Um, just too many summer plots to really take advantage of the winter. Okay, so over the weekend then, did you see any decks, Joust decks this is, which really jumped out of you as being creative or, or, or fun or just different enough that you took notice, regardless of how well they did? I'm not talking about, you know, obviously Florian's Stark list, one was fantastic, things like that, but I'm mid, mid-level, even low-level, which you looked at and thought, oh yeah, I really admire what's going on there. Well, Wammer was playing uh, Tyrell Crossing. Not Tyrell Crossing, yep. keep saying that. Tyrell Reigns. Okay. With, uh, so that's not your first suggestion for Reigns, is it? That's probably the third third option. I I would say second. Think about like Tyrell with Reigns. I think Martel's best for it because of the icon control, but it is quite difficult to get. You know, you don't have many big characters, so it could be difficult to win um, by five. But then you have things like Ariane. Obviously, you have Nim. Um, all the Sandstakes gain icons, that kind of thing, uh, and attempted to really, really get it through quite easily. 
Uh, Lannister have the big intrigue and they have like Cersei and stuff. But I think Tyrell are better simply because they have um, the strength bumps. And often, yeah. as, as Wama discusses in his tournament report, like the threat of activation of the strength bumps can sometimes be better than actually triggering reigns. So you let them make the decision as to whether it's worth winning the challenge or defending by enough so that you know, to win it, you have to use your strength pumps, or you know, all the you know, the, the so many permutations. You trust in your opponent to make the wrong decision, or force yeah. them into making the wrong decision. Um, when you don't really care about triggering rings at all that turn, uh, and then you run growing strong so that you can just trigger it out of your hand anyway if you need to. Yeah, as w- at will, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is very strong. Uh, he also ran Varus and unexpected delay, which was uh, a very cool combo, of course. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, he, he did really well. I saw another deck that ran two copies of Unexpected Delay in a Greyjoy deck. I was about uh, to talk about that, yeah. actually. I've well, seen that. I was in the list. And, um, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic idea. So it ran a lot of attachments. Um, the cheap ones, you know, the icon attachments from the core set, mainly by the looks of it, um, liberally sprinkled those all over their own characters. And then basically that on two copies of Unexpected Delay to force your opponent to to lose two of their characters' time, um, which is a fantastic idea. I, I get the impression it didn't do brilliantly, but it's a lovely idea. And you know, like I said, at the top of the show, it's nice to see that. We need more of that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was the uh, the main other ones. I didn't see anything else particularly crazy off the top of my head. Um, so, yeah. Well, if you're listening to this, people, and you was at Starlick, and there's something which you did see, which you thought was fantastic, uh, drop us a message, let us know, because um, I'm all about those sort of decks at the moment. Uh, obviously, good deck builders and quality decks is one thing, but a little bit of creativity and something a bit silly is another thing altogether. So uh, I want to hear about them, even if the other guys don't. Um, <clears throat> so you stayed for an extra day this year, didn't you? Yes, we did. How did you feel that day? What was going on then? Well, uh, yeah, normally we leave Sunday night after the team event and any side events that people want to do. Um, oh, the team event, of course. Yeah. Did you guys get in the team event? I got in the <laughs> team event. Okay. How did that go? Uh, so I was the third seed after uh, our captain, Ryan Wood, who has been doing uh, fantastically this season, obviously UK champion, went to Worlds, did well at Worlds, did well at Starlek. It all seems very, very familiar. Mm. <laughs> um, so Ryan was like, you? Yeah. Uh, congratulations, Ryan. <laughs> um, You've won the right to be Dave. Yeah. So if you want to hear about that, you can go on to uh, his podcast, The Southern Bannerman, and listen to him talk about it. I won't repeat too much, other than that he played uh, Night's Watch, which is obviously incredibly boring. Um, so he was our captain. Then we had Whammer, who missed the cut very, very narrowly. I think it was 34th. Uh, and myself. Uh, and I elected to carry on with the team then. I was considering dropping and letting Reese take my place. Uh, obviously, recent oh, stalwart at Team I'll do that. Well, I thought, I don't know whether I want to play more second edition when I could go and play Doran Sola, which oh, is like oh, the oh, most oh. fun deck ever. Yeah, fair um, And in the end, I decided to play second edition. I decided to do the team event to represent my country. And what a fucking stupid decision that was. Because we got battered. Oh no! Uh, we lost to the Czech Republic. I got matched up against a tile crossing deck and lost in the mirror match, obviously. How um, of interest, Dave? How many people at Starlek were actually from the Czech Republic? Just because uh, I don't think I I've ever. I have no idea. 
I seriously, you say that I don't. I don't think I've ever met anyone at Starlight from the Czech Republic, so I do apologise. Um, okay, well, I don't think I've met any Czechs. I can confirm there was at least three. Must have been at least three, yeah. Uh, and there's at least uh, one more because one of the guys I played the previous day was from the Czech Republic, and oh, was not in the team event. So there's huh. at least four. I think there was a fair amount. Um, you could check, in fact, by going to the Starlight Facebook page because they posted up I, the rough numbers. Facebook installed on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I played again. I played the mirror match and uh, lost. Wamma won his game and uh, Ryan lost narrowly to a nice watch. Uh, it was a nice watch. He was playing against the Stark deck, which outrushed him ever so slightly. Um, which was sad. So then we had a bye, which was boring. Um, and then we played against Italy, and I got matched up against a. Uh, um, Lannister Kings of Winter deck. That's so fun for everyone involved. I knew exactly what was going to happen, you know. Try and clear the board of First Snow, choke them with famine, uh, play Trial by Combat to just obliterate my board, march whatever's left, you know? Yeah. Um, so I mulligan a crap setup into Jorah, the Beggar King, and a Rose Road. And I'm just like, this is economy, I guess, but it's just Jorah. He's not and very useful. March fodder. Uh, yeah, so, well, he didn't get marched. Um, but basically, turn one, I only played locations. Um, because I knew whatever I was going to play was going to get murdered. Because I just, I just didn't see the chuds. I just had expensive characters in my hand. Uh, and then searched out uh, Ago with um, Blood of My Blood to get a couple of challenges off, bring it back to my hand by the end of the challenge phase, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, after he had already done all his challenges. Um... But the thing is, it took me until about turn four to actually get a board more than just, you know, chuds that were going to die that turn. Uh, and by that point, he was so far ahead, there was nothing that could be done. I made some pretty awesome plays to try and, if I do say so myself, to try and mitigate the damage. And, you know, given, maybe it was first to 20 power, maybe I'd have been able to turn it around, but it would have been pretty tight. <laughs> uh, yeah. I do, I, play, I think I, with what I had, I played my arse off. And I can't be sad about it, but he had what he needed, and I had nothing turned one and two. So there you go. So our our previous higher expectations of the team event have been squashed. Yeah, uh, yeah. And in that in that game, uh, Wama lost his game and Ryan won his. So again, uh, we went one two, and this time we were out of the team event to Italy, and we were sad. Um. So then we. You know, I went downstairs and watched people play first edition and got really sad about it because I should have played first edition. I'm happy. I should have just played Doran Solar instead and let Reese deal with the uh, team event. Perhaps you should have done. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was uh, it was just like if you if Reese one of us is going to play Doran Solar and one of us is going to play the crossing deck, but like, we just decided we're just going to play my decks. So maybe Reese would have had more luck. I don't know. Could have just been the same, but then I got to play with a. Uh, We'll discard tech, but there you go. Maybe next time. Yeah. So, um, in the intervening period, obviously, everyone's come back from Starlock, which we've all often looked at as the uh, kind of the unofficial um, slash official European Championship, have we not? Well, it was the official one for a while. Mm. It's still it's been kind time. of yeah. It's, it's been a little. It's, we can agree it's a bit of a grey area, can't we? About what it really is in the greater scheme of things. But that's changed now, hasn't it? Yep. Because you've actually got a European Championship. 
Uh, well, for this year at least. I mean, who knows what this is going to mean going forward, but you would assume this is it. This is now the way things are. Um, relegating Starlink back to just being the biggest and best tournament in the world. Um, <laughs> so what we've got now is, is a European Championship, um, which is going to be in Birmingham, uh, the home of our donkey. Um, out of all the countries in Europe, they've decided to put the European Championship in uh, in Birmingham. Yeah. Out of well, all the all the cities, all the lovely, lovely parts of the world that there are, we've chosen Birmingham of ours. Like, here you go. Let's put it in Birmingham. Notoriously in, famous for it being nothing but lovely. In fairness, Peel, SDVM are running the European Championships, right? And they're based yeah. right next. They're based in Alton, so Alton Towers, not too far We're, from Birmingham. Not too uh, far from Birmingham, Dave. No. Very practical for them to organise it there for the first year they're doing it. Hopefully they'll rotate, but I totally understand <laughs> the decision. It's a reasonably sized city. There's plenty to do. The transport links are really good. And, most importantly, everyone speaks English for the first... Like, they're fluent in English for the first year they're organising it. Yeah, true. And it's much, much easier to organise it an hour and a half away from your headquarters than it is to organise it when it's in a different country. I really hope it rotates... I think that'd be yep. a really good thing, but I completely stand beside, stand there behind their decision to hold it in Birmingham for the first year. I'm completely behind that. And I think that was the right decision. I think it's a, um, a good location, um, all things being equal. Um, what I have um, found to be a little bit of a sour taste is to time it for the to be at the UK Games Expo. I think that's silly. Oh fuck that, yeah. Um, <laughs> Does that mean we have to buy tickets for the UK Game Expo to go into the? You do, Peel. And more importantly, you're going to need to start thinking about a hotel. And I am reliably informed they're all gone already. Yeah, um, it's, isn't that at the, is it at the NEC? Yes, um, it, uh, is. Yeah, it is. It is now. Yeah. I fucking love getting a hotel anywhere near that. Well, the, the hotel's already gone. Um, there's some very, very expensive ones left. And even the medium price ones um, are extremely expensive. Uh, our, our friend from Call of Cthulhu, Lee, he put a post on Facebook up um having come back from the X-Fire, I believe, some time ago, or maybe booking for... I'm sure he was talking about the Expo. He was. And, and said that the tickets, uh, the, the hotel prices have, have, like, doubled, tripled in price last year for exactly the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm seeing a big problem of access to this tournament going forward, um, and I think the, the attendance um, is going to be uh, paltry in comparison to what you'd get from Starlek. Um, I, I, I assumed when you said Birmingham, I assumed it was going to be in the city centre, which is more logical than holding it at the NEC. Well, I remember they're see... holding all the tournaments, Peel. They're doing all the FFG. Mm. Yeah, I, I know that, Dave, but at the same time, near the NEC, there is not enough accommodation to accommodate to the amount of people the NEC can fit. There's just not, flat out. And for people commuting from abroad, they're not going to be able to get. I mean, you could get a bus, I suppose. I think there's, like, a bus that runs. Well, but... there are these things you can call, which are called taxis. And what they know, do Dave, is a guy but... comes and picks you up and he takes you where you need to go. And it's not a long right. trip. The NEC is relatively easy to get to from Birmingham. All right, okay. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> but... it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be the expo weekend. No, it's fine. But you can stay in the centre of Birmingham and it's not a terrible, it's not a terrible trip out to the NEC. No, that part isn't the issue. It's just the availability of accommodation considering 
you're going to have about 200 X-Wing players, um, general board game people, traders, um, coming down. I, I just think it's going to have a real access issue. Um, and you're going to get people not having this. It's going to kill all form of bloody atmosphere. I can tell you that much. I think oh, it's going to diminish the competition. Oh. Well, I don't think that's true, Peel, because uh, I went to Nationals, what, two or three years ago at the Expo, and the atmosphere was still good. Was it two or three years ago? Yeah, yeah but well, could you, you weren't there. So. For... Yeah, oh. we went out. We went out on the night before, Curry in town, uh, beers. We spent quite a while drinking in the hotel. Um, the next night, we all got drunk and played board games in the Expo Hall. Yeah, great it, atmosphere. It was, it, was, it was bloody good. It was good, but I, I, there was proportionally fewer of us, I think, because that was still first ed. Um, oh, yeah. But, or at least they will be hoping for more from second ed. And this is a European Championship. It's not just catering to the UK. I mean, this is... Like, if you're going to put on something and call it the European Championships, you're going to want it to be rivaling Starlek in terms of attendance and kind of... You want to build that kind of law, that mythos around it, don't you? Mm. Um, I think they're going to struggle to do it whilst also trying to satisfy the Games Expo. Yeah. Um, what I recommend to people who want to go is that they find a hotel in a nearby city and get the train. Yeah, or, or yeah, or bundle in the car, that sort of thing. Yeah. It may ruin your um, your boozing quota, Yeah, but um, you will still at least get to play, which I suppose for most people is the most important thing. I, I have got a scheme that I'm working on to get me there and get me accommodation without having to pay. Um, <laughs> but I can't gonna work reveal that online. Um, no, I'm gonna. I'm basically gonna go and volunteer to work at Cisco's Donkey Sanctuary and see yeah. help me up. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've got a better scheme than that, but that is my fallback plan. Well, um, I live. I live an hour away from the NEC, so I think with hotel prices as they are, I will be staying at my house, and well, we will be taking a car from Brigstock. <laughs> yeah. What time of year Which, is it? It's the first weekend in June. Ah, oh, no, that's not six months away. Well. It is kind of, but <laughs> well, it's it is it's it not. is almost exactly it is seven months away. It's it's debatable. Will I be playing Thrones at that point? I didn't start till like August last year. <laughs> this is true. So yeah, that's that's um that's interesting. Do you think it's going to attend affect Starlight next year? I mean, what's going to happen with Starlight next year? Every year it kind of gets a little bit more. Is it going to happen? What's what's the plan? Um, every year it gets busier. Well, this was it, wasn't it? Last year was the last first edition tournament. This was the first second edition tournament of Starlek. Um, what was your guys in? What did, what did you take from that? Did you did you notice it being more kind of busy? So, yeah, it was busy, certainly. Um, it was last year where they announced that they weren't going to support Starlek at all. And mm. the community kicked back. Kicked kick back to that and... Uh, they gave the card design to the Joust and they put some official prize support forward. Uh, and this year we got the Joust and Melee card designs mm-hmm. and loads of official support. Mats, cards, you name it. Um, jobs are good. Uh, that, and that's more card designs than Gen Con and Worlds. Like, Worlds doesn't have a Melee card design, but Starlek did. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. The impression I've got from talking to people 
and from what I've seen in you know FFG stuff uh, and uh, that is that FFG likes Starlet and wants to keep Starlet going. What I would expect is that it's just treated separately. It I will almost definitely lose its card design. I wouldn't be surprised to see FFG still put forward price support for it as the tourney of Starlet rather than mm. as the European Championships because I'm this year's map says Starlet Championship the 2014 map says European Championship so there was definitely a uh, change in terminology I mean we expect yeah. that anyway when they stopped the price support temporarily but I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, CFFG support it in the future if only as a separate event whether it just gets Nationals prize kit, whether it gets a smaller version of the European prize kit, so keeping it on par with like Gen Con, mm. which is what it is officially, even though in reality it's seen by as much more important by a lot of people, especially Europeans. Yeah, but it fills um, that slot in the uh, the family tree. Yeah, but then again, like lots of Americans feel that Gen Con is more important than Worlds. Yeah, why is that? Do you reckon? Uh, it was Worlds initially. Oh, so it's like a legacy thing. Yeah, uh, Worlds was at Gen Con, and then it got moved to FF, to um, to November when they got their big fancy center and did all the World Championships then. Uh, so there's that, and it's also uh, you know Gen Con's like the big convention in the US, so people go anyway. Uh, it's in the summer, so it's a bit easier to do than the uh, the November in Minnesota, which can be a bit dreary, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean. In terms of having a European Championship at the Expo, I'm actually kind of for it, as much as I sound like I was complaining. I, I do kind of like the idea of it. It's purely just an access thing, and um, it gets it's a bit frustrating to think, oh, something's going on, and then you, you have to right there and then, the moment you realise it's happening, go and find a hotel and book it, because if you don't, it's going to be gone. Um, and that's just a bit of a pain in the arse. But the idea of having it at the Expo is kind of fun. I remember when we was there... You know, it's nice in the in-between period to go and check out the trade stalls and that sort of business. And it is a, a relatively good atmosphere in general. Um, but I don't know if it's worthy of calling it a European Championship if access is that limited. But, you know, I may be wrong. I've been wrong before about these things, so I have to wait and see. Um, but, yeah, watch this space and see what happens, I suppose. Doing uh, If they had held it like they held Nationals this year, so held the European Championships in August... Um, and then held nationals at the expo, it would have been a lot easier. Yeah, it would have made a bit more sense, and the demand sense. for space wouldn't have been quite as high. Because mm. um, as much as you do get some uh, movement from the continent for our nationals, you don't get as much as you will do if you tack the actual term European Championship on it. Mm. Um, so there we go. Um, in other news, we've had two new uh, Road to Starlick events um, added into the rotation, haven't we? Yeah, so we've had Scotland and where's the other one? Bulgaria. Bulgaria, that was it. So that brings the total up to what is that now? That's six? Um, more than that, I think. There's Baseball Gar in February. Mm-hmm. There is Batala in March. Uh, Tawny of the Hand in April. Oh, I always forget Tawny of the Hand. Yeah, sorry, go on. Dockside Brothel Days in May. Uh... Milan Fighting Pits in June, Battle of Blackwater Bay in July, 
Prevot and Fracas in August. September is Varborg Mogulis. And uh, October will now be um, the Scottish one. So that's nine. Uh, and has the, the Scottish one? In has November. the Scottish one got a cool name? Not yet, no. I reckon it'll be, it has to be something related to the wall, doesn't it? Yeah, well, there's already battle for or the what? Battle of the Wall in Spain, which I always thought was a bit strange. Yeah, surely. Yeah, Spain's not known for its walls, is it? I don't also know. not known for its cold, harsh winters, but hey ho. No. <laughs> it's I not really, thought, is it? Yeah, I just thought <laughs> that was a bit strange. You should have gone with something like, you know, Dawn or something. Yeah. Plus now they've just started a tournament called uh, Tawny of Dawn or something in Sevilla, which I believe is this weekend. So if you want to go, you should probably get tickets pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that should that should be fun. I'm excited. I've not been to Scotland, and I've been meaning to go for a while. So uh, hopefully I've been to Scotland many that. times. It's actually lovely. Mm. Yeah, it's like the actually weirdly nicer version of England. Um, it's like <laughs> Wales, but they don't insist on having a weird language. Not <laughs> I say many that, Welsh people insist. <laughs> <laughs> I say that, oh, it's actually lovely, like it's some sort of surprise. I, I didn't mean it quite <laughs> like that. Um, I wasn't attacked by one junkie the whole time I was there. Yeah, despite everything I've heard, it's actually yeah. quite nice. No, yeah. I take that all back. Um, I, I don't know why I said it quite in those terms. I had to get soul searching about that one. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Okay, cool. Um, well, that brings our, our Starlink wrap-up to a close. Obviously... It can be a bit of a dry episode just hearing about a massive tournament, but you know, if you got this far, well, you obviously liked it, didn't you? Um, oh, someone just opened the trap door. That was a kitten coming in the room. Oh, Is it, do you remember trap door? Do you ever watch trap door? Am I, am I slightly too old? I think I like, I, I, I vaguely remember something along those lines. But I couldn't tell you the, the what happens. I think Trapdoor was just coming to the end of its life when I was a kid. So by the time you guys were getting into kids' TV programs, I mean, it probably was, probably was well gone. I know a lot well, of people who watched it, but I've never seen it myself. Uh, well, for anyone who did listen and heard that door creaking, there's a Trapdoor reference for you to take and do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy that. You enjoy yeah. that. So speaking of uh, Gribbley's crawling out of trap doors and surprising people. Um, Dave, have you found playing Eldritch Horror? Arkham Eldritch Horror. Horror. Um, whatever it's fucking called. Well, Arkham going... Horror, Eldritch Horror, Call of Cthulhu, that, the Cthulhu licensed game that's out now. So, two weeks ago, if you asked me what my favourite games were, right? number one will be Pandemic Legacy. But it doesn't really count, mm. because I've played it now, and I don't really want to play it again. But it, like, for the experience yeah. I got, it was just amazing. Next would be Thrones, and third would be Eldritch Horror. Mm-hmm. I love that game. I've had hours of fun with it, and I can play it all day, every day. Um, Arkham, after, what, four games with it, is very much pushing for that slot. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's not as good as Thrones, which which really is first, because you can't really count Pandemic Legacy. Um, and it's definitely not as good as Pandemic Legacy, but it is really, really fun. I within about four rounds of playing it, like I was, I played it with Crocs and uh, Secondary Dave uh, last Monday, and we looked at each other and we thought, yeah, this is this is going to get dangerous because I've bought two corsets and both of them were thinking we could buy our own cards. This uh this is good, you know, 
not even past the first agenda card. Like we're just just thinking, yeah, these mechanics are wonderful. This you, it drips theme, and it's just so much fun to play. I'm, I'm just yeah. loving it. So, sorry, you're playing it with Crocs. Yep, and secondary Dave. Okay, and are you guys going to just stick to playing it together? You're not going to branch out and do pick up games. You're just going to run through the campaign, just you three. Well, I mean, um, I went to my friends to the engagement party uh, at the weekend, and um, he's a big board gamer, and um, he uh, he likes his card games as well. Although he hasn't he hasn't got into Thrones or anything because of the like time and like knowledge commitment that kind of thing, mm. uh, and the money as well, which isn't ideal. Uh, but he loves Eldritch Horror. Again, he that's one of his favourite games. Uh, so obviously we played this, and yeah, he loved it as well. So uh, I will be switching and uh, switching between playgroups a few times. And at one point, I'm sure I'll give it a spin on my own as well. You know. Okay, because I've only played it um, solo. Yeah. And um, I'm going to stop playing it solo because I, I want to play it with people. Um, I want to play it with the same people. It's not the sort of game that I think you could pick up and just take to a game day um, in the same way that you could with, say, Lord of the Rings, which I think it occupies that same space in your collection. It's a single-player game which you can expand outwards. Um, the reason for that is I got to the, the end of the first scenario, and you're pretending with a couple of choices, aren't you, which have a long-lasting impact, um, which may or may not manifest straight away. Who knows? Um, I think some of that is lost. If you aren't enjoying the narrative organically, I think it's lost a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm quite happy to collect the cards up, put them into sort of a pile, and then when kind of identify the right friend around here who'd enjoy it the most, sit down and go through it and enjoy it, perhaps almost like it's a one-off. Right. Um, but I'm very impressed with it. I think that the, the mechanics and the flavour is excellently done. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I I see where you're coming from. I can imagine that if you're not really following the story, it's it's going to lose something, and it it is prob it's it's almost definitely better better encountered as a group. It, it's it's a game that you know the stories you take away from it are really important, and um, like the specific plays, the specific encounters, uh, make good stories. Um, mm. So it's sharing that with a group, it really will be better. Uh, I wouldn't say that I would want to play the entire thing with the same group. That's not really necessary. But I would want to play whole campaigns as a group. So, like, I would be very happy to come and see you and play through the Corset campaign. Um, and then, you know, I would expect you to play others with other people at some point. I wouldn't expect you to, like, wait for me and do the next campaign. But I would like yeah. to do a whole campaign with you, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Which at the moment is quite all right because there's only three missions. When they get into, you know six, seven, eight missions long over the course of a cycle, it's a bit more of an ask. But if you've got a good game group around you, then uh, yeah. I, I, You do have to do... I think it will flow... It's hard to tell at this point, but at the moment it's going to flow better in campaign play. There are rules for starting missions with experience, that kind of thing. Um, right. But I think, I think you're definitely right in that you want to play a whole campaign with a group rather than just turn up and say, oh, let's have a stab at this mission. Uh, with the exception of the upcoming, you know, there's, there'll be print-on-demand missions, like in Lord of the Rings. So there was that Arkham Knights at the FFG headquarters a couple of, week, couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. I didn't know. Yeah, so every year, uh, a week or two before Worlds, 
FFG holds like a an Arkham celebration, and they put on events for all their Cthulhu games. Uh, and one of them was an Arkham Horror launch event. Even though they weren't selling core sets, uh, they had copy copies to uh, test people could test. Uh, and there was a, an exclusive mission that was uh, like the uh, you know the old Gen Con event decks in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Where it's just a standalone pack, and it was just that. You don't need any other cards, and you don't get any player cards. It's just the mission. So that kind of thing is great for just uh, pick up and play because it doesn't form part of the campaign. Or it can if you want to, but it's also designed to stand completely alone. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of thing is really good. Uh, that has now been released on print on demand, so it, it is available now. It was just exclusive for a couple of months. <laughs> like okay. Three weeks or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. Sure, okay. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite faction? What I mean, what, what deck do you like in Arkham Horror? Well, I've only really played with a couple. Um, but I was enjo- I enjoyed playing as Roland Banks, who was my first character. He had some cool things. Uh, but yeah, then, I, I gravitated towards him too, unsurprisingly. Yeah, 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 a bit authoritarian. Um, yeah. yeah, he was really fun. Uh, it was going really well, and I tried to help Crocodile Hammers out, and I accidentally shot him in the face. Which is sad. Uh, oh, the old shotgun. Yeah, well, it wasn't the shotgun. It was, it was. I think it was just Roland Banks's pistol or something. Uh, but I shot him in the face, killing him, and causing the uh, enemy he was engaged with to murder me that turn. Uh, and that was the end of us, really. Yeah, that, <laughs> but it's that, that kind of story. Better. That kind of story yeah. where it's like, if I had hit him, the enemy would have died and would have been having a great time. Uh, but I missed, and we both died. <laughs> So, yeah. Back home for tea and medals, but no, instead. Yeah, yeah. left croc- uh, left uh, secondary Dave on his own, just like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, you better fix fix. I'm the spellcaster. <laughs> You're the guys with the guns. Oh, dear. Yeah. Learn new spells quickly. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, it's kind okay. of weird how, you know, you, you don't want to draw too much of your deck too quickly because you're going to hit the weakness. Yes, it's in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I um, I uh, left Roland's cover up unattended. I completely forgot about it, and then I went a little bit insane. Which um, I think if you forget to cover a body in petrol and set fire to it in an alleyway, you probably will go a bit nuts. Yeah, I uh, I did the same in the first mission because by the time I drew it, there were basically no clues left. Yeah. Well, I could have I could have sorted it out, but um, at one point I was I had that I was standing in the hallway. I went upstairs to sort stuff out to go and get you know the bits I needed, but I was aware that there was a ghoul downstairs in the cellar. Um, and this ghoul they don't have the hunter trait of it, so they don't come looking for you. So this ghoul was just sort of basically sitting there in the cellar, and I thought, well, I'm not fucking going down there. There's a ghoul in the cellar. I'm just I'm just, I'm just off. See you later. I'm I'm leaving. And, um, yeah, didn't bother going down there, but obviously then didn't get a chance to get any more clues. So, you know, silly V, there's a life lesson there. Ah, fair play. Go and fight with Gordon in the cellar. Yep, and then you can cover it up. You can cover up your misdeeds. <laughs> it is good you'll, have to, uh, you'll have to give it a go. Yeah, so fighting with Gordon in the cellar is my tip of the week. But what's Peel's tip of the week? I am on fire today with these. Yeah, so many good segues. I am so... I mean, this is... You've missed this. <laughs> is Peel still here? My tip of the week okay. is... Watch Rick and Morty for your science uh, needs. 
it is certainly fantastic. And it has a lot of science in it. So there you go, guys. 